step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Here are your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowell. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. We are back for episode four of the draft special. And here we're going to be talking about players to target. We're going to be paying up maybe a little bit more in auction leagues for these players. We're going to be making sure when we do our draft selections, if you get to choose where you draft, we're going to make sure we can get in a position to draft these players and maybe slightly overpay for them as well. These are players that we really like. We want multiple shares of. But, of course, before we get into it, Seth, uh, educate our listeners on RT Sports, our presenting sponsor of the draft special. Yeah, RT Sports, your go-to source for all things fantasy football, any type of league. We talked about the commissioner service, um, you know, the commissioner leagues a, a couple episodes back where you can you can fully customize your league with all, all the different features you've been dreaming of. Um, and best ball, I mean, one of, Jeff, the last couple of years, you and I have been getting into a lot of best ball leagues. Go to rtsports.com and you can join a best ball league today. Um, now, what are the best things about best ball leagues. One of my favorite things about them is, you know, how many times we're in, we're in so many leagues, we have a lot going on. How many times have we thought to ourselves, you know, I, I would love to do a draft, but I don't necessarily want to manage that team week in and week out. Right. Um, well, best ball league, you can do just that. You can draft your team, set it and forget it. You don't have to manage it. It's, it's awesome. Especially this early in the season, we're, we're going to be talking about some players that we're targeting. We're still a month away, just about to the, the start of the season. Um, it's not too early for best ball. You know, if you feel like you have your, you know, really good gauge on which players are, are going to do well this year and you think you got it down, join a best ball league, draft your team now and use that to your advantage. Play against some other people that, you know, have, don't have a clue what's going on. So go, you know, I definitely recommend it. I started getting into best ball leagues the past couple seasons. They're a ton of fun. Um, go to rtsports.com, join a best ball league, or, or go and kick the tires on on some of these other leagues they have available, like the commissioner commissioner league. Yeah, what a perfect way to do a little bit of practice for your your big time hometown leagues um, or expert leagues, whatever you're in. These are real drafts for real money. So uh, while some people are more type of best ball type of players, uh, we're going to give you a list of players to target. You could easily turn around right after this. Uh, right after this episode, jump into a best ball league, get some practice on ADPs um, in a real money league. So this is also a great practice for for your mocks and um, and setting up who you might, what your team roster construction might look like. But uh, we love this episode. These are players that we want to target. With a lot of uh, drops here for keeping in your pants, maybe I don't know. Um, either way, where should we get started, Seth? Should we just go kind of in in, in order? In terms of player, in terms of uh, ADP order, um, players. Um, are... I mean, I'm seeing your list. We have like a running list we have on a Google Doc right here. I'm seeing your your list right here. Let's um, 
I don't know. We don't have them in order on our list. Let's just uh, let's just go into some of these. Let's start with with some of these running backs. All right, let's do it. Let's let's. You know what? Here's here's what I want to mention. I think he's going up. I really, really, really like him. And if you're a lot of leagues now, I was just talking to someone, a friend that was in town, and he he won his league, so he's got first choice. This is a perfect setup for not only this player, but how to approach if you have the ability to make your selection on where you draft in the first round. So he won the league last year, so he gets to select where he picks in the first round, right? And we, we do something a little similar in, in our real men's league. Where do you want to pick in the first round? And the player I have here that I would love to get at the back end of the first round, I think he complements as a potential top three running back. Uh, not too much similarity outside of, you know, McCaffrey and Cook. That's my boy, Austin Eckler. Yep. And I think we're on the same page with this one, 100%. Um, Austin Eckler, yeah. Stud running back. I, I love running backs in PPR leagues. They catch the ball a lot. It, you know, running backs, they can do everything. That You don't have to compromise the rushing yards, the rushing touchdowns, but will still catch you 80-plus balls. Austin Eckler does that. He's going to be on the field a ton. Not a lot of competition um, on that depth chart. And, you know, Justin Herbert, that, that's going to be a really good offense again this year. High-scoring offense. Austin Eckler, I'm all in. Um, you know, potentially a league winner. If if um, he has a season we're, we're thinking he could have, yeah. Right now he's going a right around tenth or eleventh overall. I mean, if I got to get Austin Eckler, who you could argue is very comparable to Kamara or Zeke, seven picks later and get the turn, I want that. So, how much risk do you take on saying, "Hey, uh, give me pick one ten"? If you if you had you know, in this scenario that I just I just said, if you had the ability to pick any starting spot in the first round, where are you starting? And, and does it have anything to do with the fact that Austin Eckler is going potentially around pick 10 or 11? Yeah, it, it does. I, I, th I think if I'm going to pick my spot, I think I'm going to go around pick eight or nine. Eight or nine. I mean, I, I don't want to be in the back end, especially if you're in a league without a third round reversal. Um, like a lot of leagues don't have that flexibility, that capability. Why don't you um, explain that real I, I quick? Think... Because this is this is another must feature that that one <laughs> your platform needs to have. And if you don't go to RT Sports, um, use the promo code Talking Heads to get the commissioner service for free. But also, um, but also, if you're in a twelve team league and you're not in a third round reversal, you're really hurting yourself or the individuals that are into that. And why don't you explain what that is, Seth? Yeah, so in a, in a normal league, right, you pick, let's say you have the 12th overall pick in a in a 12-team league, you get the back-to-back -back picks. You pick pick 12, pick 13, and then you're waiting, like, what, 20-plus picks? I always butcher the math in this case. But yeah. you're, you're basically, after there's such already, a long wait until you... After already waiting 11 picks Waiting in the until the place. 12th, yeah. yeah. So you, it's like so it's great. You get the back-to-back -back picks, but then you're waiting a long, long time. It's hard to kind of plan with your, your player queue, like who, who you can like forecast that's going to be there. It's, it's, it's so far out. Whereas, you know, with the third round reversal, um, instead of going down and then back up, it just goes back up or I don't, I don't know if I explained that right. I always butcher the third round reversal. <laughs> I guess, uh, uh, well, at, the end, at the end of the second round, at the end of the second round, instead of going, instead of going one through 12, 
it restarts actually at pick 12. So it will go 1 to 12, 12 to 1 in the second round. And then instead of going back up is what Seth was trying to say in the third round from 1 to 12, it really goes from 12 to 1. So it, it rebalances the picks and the value because with those extra picks at the back end of a 12-man um, league, it, it just takes off too many players for the 11th and 12th picks um, specifically. And so it kind of rebalances that. And after that, it's, it's pretty normal. It will just go from 12 to 1 in the third round and then back up 1 to 12 in the fourth round. Yeah, so I, I think to your original question, I, I, I would like pick eight because you're still kind of staying in the middle there where, where you're you're picking a little bit more frequently, so you're, you're not having to wait as long in between picks. But also I have like, – I'm going to probably be able to decide between Kelsey, Austin Eckler, Saquon, Tyree Kill, like, like that cluster of players. I'm going to be able to have my pick of the litter. Um and depending on like, and I, I like Eckler too, it puts me in a position where it even gives me kind of a little bit of a buffer where if, if Eckler, you know, right now he's going 110, um, you, know, you know, him and Barkley are tied for 110. Even if he goes a little bit earlier, I can still snag him. Very unlikely he goes before pick 108 because you have Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams there. And then, of course, the top four running backs or top five running backs that are are pretty much set in stone to, to a, a certain extent. So... It gives me the luxury of of knowing that I'm going to be able to get Austin Eckler, but also if I want to pivot and go for for Kelsey or or maybe I want to go and get Saquon, I, I have some options there. So it, it it gives me a better like looking past control the first over round. control over your fate yes. as well because if you do say well if I get super lucky and get Austin Eckler at eleven that that you know if if you're that type where you're okay with the turn, that's better value. But what if you know, he gets picked a little bit earlier and say you don't want to grab Kelsey because Kelsey didn't go in front of him, that type of scenario. You have more control over exactly where he goes. And obviously going at 108 versus 110, that's okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'd like, I mean, I think I think this is a draft where, you know, obviously the top, it's a, it's really top four heavy or top three heavy with, um, with C-Mac, Cook, Henry. If you want to throw Kamara in there, fine, top four heavy. After that, like I could, you can make a strong case for taking Eckler fifth, in my opinion. One hundred percent. So, yeah. So that's where I, I land on, um, you know, draft draft spot. What pick I'd like to have. Okay, excellent. So we really like Austin Eckler. That's going to be one of our early round targets. Obviously, earlier in the draft, there's a lot of really good players. So we don't need to be talking about every single player that's going one through 10, right? So uh, one of our ideas is to maybe select a round, pick eight, grab Eckler, feel super comfortable about that, get some value. Um, you're not stuck at the end on the turns. Um, let's move on. Next up on the list. All right, let's... Um... Let's go. Let's knock off some of these receivers because there's a lot of receivers that we have have been talking about a lot early and often, very frequently. They could all qualify for for you know they're all keep it in your pants candidates, right? Because we love them. Um, so let, let's let's lump a few of these together. Let's lump these three together because it, it seemed like they were in a very similar position last year. We liked them a lot last year. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Amari Cooper. All fourth round type receivers, um, very reliable, you know, not maybe as sexy as, as some others, but they're very reliable. They do it every year um, in great offense, offenses. Dallas is getting Dak back. 
Um, the Rams got Matthew Stafford. Um, so, so, you know, high expectations for, for the Rams offense. I don't know. What more can you say about these three receivers? They do it every year. Um, who's your favorite out of these three? Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Amari Cooper. Maybe rank these. Good question, because obviously if they're all going in the fourth, you can't get them all. So you might have to actually take your exactly. pick. So if I had to rank these three, I'm going to go with Amari Cooper as my number one. I feel like he's got the most upside. Um, they're in a team that I think has shown that they're pretty much past committed, uh, especially with Mike McCarthy going there and what we saw last year. The Rams can still get in weird funks of this run commitment scenario. Um, and I don't know if really that will necessarily change a whole lot with Stafford. It's still a little bit to be seen, but the fact that they have likely a lesser quality running back, you know, without Cam Akers, and maybe they're passing a little bit more, but we, we got to make decisions, tough calls here. So I'm going to Mari Cooper for those reasons. Um, all of these players, as Seth mentioned, these are give me the points type of players. They're, they're, they're high reception, probably lower touchdowns. Um, and then after that, I'm going to go with, even though Woods outperformed Cooper Cup last year, Cooper Cup still had really good numbers, really good catches, it just did not have the touchdowns. I'm hoping that comes back with Matt Stafford. I have an obsession with Cooper Cup that's a little bit unhealthy. And keep it in your pants. Yep. And so I'm going to go Cooper Cup for that reason, and then Robert Woods. I will literally be okay with any of these people, um, three players, and which is also another reason why I really like auction drafts because if I do want to, say, uh, not grab one of these elite wide receivers in the second round, per se, in an auction draft, then I can go ahead and buy two of them in the fourth round if I feel like I'm getting really good uh, production and value. Uh, would you rank them any differently? Or like, where where do you kind of stand? I know it's all it's all really close. Yeah, I, I think Mari Cooper is going to be the safest, assuming Dak can stay healthy. I mean, we're talking about 19 touchdowns in 41 games with Dallas since he came over two and a half seasons ago. The guy's a touchdown machine. He does everything. The only the only knock, on, not even really a knock on Amari Cooper is, is if Ceedee Lamb really makes that big leap in his second season, does Amari Cooper does does it become like a 50-50 type split? Not not in terms of like touches or or snap count or anything like that. Just just in terms of like the the offense, is he become a little bit less of the guy with Ceedee Lamb, you know, p- putting a, a bigger imprint into that offense? Um, but he's 27 years old. He's the youngest of the three. He's the he has the most single game probably upside. You know, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are going to. They're both so solid. They're both. I think each of the past two seasons, they've both had 80 plus catches. They're both. They're both going to cannibalize each other's value a little bit just in terms of like ceiling. Um, so I, I think and we're all splitting hairs. We love all three of them, but I'm going with Mari Cooper and I'm I'm with you on Cooper Cup number two. He's he's a little bit younger. I think he's has a little bit more upside. He's just one year removed from being a top I think a top five receiver in 2019. Um, and he just had a, a, a fluky year last year with the touchdowns. And this was a, an offense as a whole that struggled, at, you know, as the Rams did. Um, so, yeah, for me. Amari Cooper won, um, close second, Cooper Cup, and then close third, Robert Woods. Now, how far behind, let's just kind of transition into another very similar player that we've been absolutely banging the table for, uh, gives us the warms and fuzzies, Tyler Lockett. 
Could you see yourself drafting Tyler Lockett over one of these people, even though he's technically going in the fifth? Because, again, depending on where you're drafting, you might literally need to select Tyler Lockett in the fourth or the end of the fourth to make sure that you're getting him. Um, give me your thoughts on does he just slide in as a fourth receiver here? I'm taking Tyler Lockett over both Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I, I think. think I agree. I think I because agree. Amari Cooper is a little bit tougher because and then let's also remember Amari Cooper, although he it's it's kind of crazy. Look at his season last year with Ceedee Lamb having as good a season as he did. He missed Dak Prescott for what like half the season. Still had over a thousand yards. Still had nine two catches, five touchdowns. The touchdowns would have definitely been. He would have had a lot more touchdowns had Dak obviously been healthy. So I, I think with Amari Cooper, it's tough because I think that Amari Cooper is probably definitely the, the more week-to-week consistent option than Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett has those games where it's, it's all DK Metcalf. Um, Lockett also has those games when he'll get you 40-plus fantasy points. So um, I'd lean towards Amari Cooper, but it's close. It, it, I mean, it's, 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 it's a razor-thin margin between the two. I would lean towards Amari Cooper if if everything looks good with Dak and he's, you know, all systems go. But yep. I I would agree. We actually got I'll I will be with you and we get those four ranked appropriately. Now we don't yeah. have too many people in the first second round because you know the the, the the draft doesn't really start there. I think that maybe more so than anything, there's more players to to make sure we kind of avoid and don't make a mistake in those rounds. Um, cautionary tales that we'll get to and our players to avoid. But one player that does stand out um, in terms of we would love to get some shares of because we think the upside is great. We think the value is there. Um, can can even outperform his ADP, and that's DK Metcalf. Sticking with wide receivers, Seattle Tyler Lockett. Uh, we have DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf, and Seth, I know that he's he's your little funny bunny, but he... <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, can we come up with this stuff? <laughs> He, he is a rare breed, kind of like uh, Hopkins, to be honest, who's also going in, in that area, where he's going to have high volume for receptions. He's a big body guy. He's going to be the touchdown guy, and he's catching the ball you know, at 15 yards a clip per reception. So it, he just has everything in the making, and he's with a MVP caliber quarterback. They, they finally replaced the crappy Brian Schottenheimer at, at OC. We love DK Metcalf at the back end of the second round. Expand. Yeah, I will. I mean, I, I've been saying since pretty much the end of this last season um, that, that DK Metcalf, for me, I, I don't know if he's going to be the number one fantasy wide receiver, but he, I think he is at least top three. He's my pick to be, you know, one of my, um, you know, what do, what do you call ballsy predictions is is that he finishes the year as a number one fantasy receiver. I think he has that kind of potential that kind of upside, like he has it in spades. We've, we've seen him put it all together last year. That was only his second season. He looks the part. He's like Calvin Johnson 2.0. Um, I, I would take him pretty much anywhere in the second round. I could, I could justify taking him. Like I, I would take him. I would probably take him over Stefan Diggs. Diggs is going 2.01. So th- like in terms of players that were willing to overpay for, there's, there's only a few of them this year. DK Metcalf is at the top of the list for me. Um, I, I love him. Absolutely love him. The fact that he's going at the end of the second round is just a pure gift. Um, I, I would take him any, anywhere in the second round. I don't think – if you were to take him first pick in the second round, I don't think that's crazy. No, I don't I don't think it's crazy. I mean, they, they, they finished the end of the year. Uh, how many points apart? 
you know, uh, one less than one point eight points from Stefan Diggs. So really, those are just toss ups. You know, everyone just decided because Diggs finished third that maybe he should come off the board third, and third happens to land about seven picks ahead. But you could swap those out. You could swap them out for Calvin Ridley. There's no issues with that. Don't be scared to do that. Yeah, and and it's it's one of those things where like for me it's. I'm going with my gut when you compare DK Metcalf to Diggs. I mean, look at D- Diggs' numbers were stupid last year. 127 catches, over 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns. But we're drafting players that we've, we're drafting who we think is going to be the better player this year, right? We can't always go 100% on last year. Um, Metcalf is on the come up. I love the offense, too, because it's just him and Lockett. There's really nobody else they even have to worry about in terms of pass catching. And Russell Wilson likes to air it out, likes to throw the ball all over the place. I, I, I love DK Metcalf, I think. I mean, his second year in the NFL, I, I would not be surprised if he goes for over 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, you know, 90 catches. Like, I mean, that's, I would say, you know, his ceiling is is through the roof. So, Yeah, I'm trying to look up DK Metcalf's um, target share percentage. I know, like, Diggs was, like, around 30% of the team. Um, we'll try and I'll try and pull that up, but DK Metcalf doesn't need as gigantic of a target share percentage as well. So I, for all those reasons, we're on the same page. Now, can I now while we're on the the players willing to overpay for? Can I can I can we talk about my other my other binky in addition to DK Metcalf while we're on the subject? Your other I funny mean, we, bunny. Okay, let's go. Yeah, it's it's our it's our show, right? We can go whatever or we want. There's no there doesn't have to be any real structure here. We can we can never, bounce all never over has the place. been so why start never now? has been Terry McLaurin is another you know look at round later um you know DK Metcalf is my guy in the second round just he's my guy in the second round Terry McLaurin is my guy in the third round and I, I, I think I think I'm like like it's I'm not being rational with my I'm like overconfident in McLaurin it kind of worries me to an extent because I've I don't know. He's he's entering his third season. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I might be, be I might be putting too much stock in Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm just a big believer that that Washington has had nobody under center for McLaurin the first two seasons. It's been atrocious. I mean, Alex Smith, terrible. Dwayne Haskins, terrible. Um, Hinky, whatever that guy's name is, terrible. Like it's he's gotten he's done all this in spite of the quarterback play. He had a very solid rookie season, and then he had a great, great year last year. Eighty-seven catches, over eleven hundred yards, four touchdowns, and he gets Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is just gonna be a massive upgrade um, in terms of, you know, what it means for him. I, I, I think that Terry McLaurin. I'm, I'm not as bullish as I am on Metcalf, but you can also get him around later. I'm willing to to get Terry McLaurin in the second round. Right, depending on like if 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 DK Metcalf, if I have the end of the second round pick and Metcalf goes. In front of me, I'm fine taking McLaurin at the end of the second round. Right now, he's going uh, 3.06. So, you know, I'm taking him over Joe Mixon. Um, I'm taking him over Justin Jefferson. I'm taking him over J.K. Dobbins. I'm taking him over A.J. Brown. What And uh, what do you say on that? I, I feel like I'm a little more bullish on you. I don't know if you share my excitement for McLaurin. But. Um, I like McLaurin a lot. I am not as bullish in terms of where I'm willing to draft him. I think where he's going is 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 still a spot just because of where he finished last year that's a, a little bit rich, but I think that you have to pay up for some of these people that can catapult into, you know, top seven, eight 
wide receivers. The the so I know that your answer is going to be. It sounds like you take Terry McLaurin over C.D. Lamb. I think I would take C.D. Lamb. Assuming Dak is okay, I'm going C.D. Lamb. I like both of them. That's that's crazy. That's crazy talk. What about AJ? What about AJ Brown? I I would take both of those over AJ Brown. I agree with AJ Brown. I, I agree okay. with those. Because I'm saying I'm saying like it, we 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 don't have this one, or we may, we may or may not have. You know what? We won't have this in our same play different round one because they're so close together. But you look at the numbers for AJ Brown: seventy catches, thousand seventy-five yards, eleven touchdowns. McLaurin had more catches, more receiving yards. Obviously, the less touchdowns. That's the kicker. Um, but they add Julio. They don't. They don't throw. The, the Titans do not throw a ton. The Redskins do, and they get Fitzpatrick. They're probably going to throw more this year. I. I, I like. Um, like, that's where you know. That, just to put in perspective, I think he's definitely ahead of AJ Brown. I think he's end of the second round type talent. The the fact that you're taking Ceedee Lamb over him is. I mean, you're, the ADPs would but suggest I love, that's not crazy. He's I would, right behind him. But I love C.D. Lamb. And, 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 you know, anyone who obviously listens to the show knows I'm probably going to be a little bit more on the side of, of, well, these are both great athletes, but one has a much better offense who actually is going to probably still pass more because they're going to actually be on the field more. They're going to be in the red zone likely more. Um, they has a better quarterback. There's a little bit more unknowns in Washington. So... I, I, I like I, I like C.D. Lamb. Obviously, this is not a um, any kind of detriment to Terry McLaurin. This is probably more of a statement of how much I would love to have C.D. Lamb. I would love to have Mari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, uh, to be honest. like th- th- Tell me a game where one of those two guys aren't both blowing up. Um, but to your point, you know, over A.J. Brown, I would draft both of them. I think over Justin Jefferson. I know Justin Jefferson's numbers are are stupid, but it, it's a one year. It's in Minnesota. I mean, he should be still great. I mean, these the, all of these guys are, are are really good, which is why we're we're picking certain people, right? Like at the end of the day, this high up in the draft, we we got to pick a few p- players that just kind of stand out to us. McLaurin um, and Lamb, which happen to be going three hundred six, three hundred seven, uh, could easily be drafted, as Seth is mentioning, as high as first pick in the third round. Yep, and when when I look at when I look at this draft, like outside of the first round, you look at the second, third, and fourth. We already talked about our players in the fourth, and you got Lockett in the fifth. In the second round, you got you got DK Metcalf and you got uh, Calvin Ridley, right? Who's we haven't talked about talk, yet? Talk he's, about how important he's a to, stud. Talk about how important it is to get this running back in the first. Get get your um get your yeah. Austin Eckler, you know, so that way you can go hammer. You can just go ham on these receivers. A hundred percent. Yeah, Calvary, DK Metcalf in the second. You have your CD Lamb. I got my McLaurin in the third. We've got the three receivers in the fourth. You know, Cooper, um, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. And then you got Locke in the fifth. There's, I, I love how it's laid out where there's receivers that we legitimately love in every single round. Um, and all those receivers, you know, with the exception of the three in the fourth round, because you're not going to really have to overpay for those three. But Lockett, McLaurin, Metcalf, Ridley, I'm willing to overpay for all of them. Um, a little yeah. bit, you know, at least a few picks for each one. So, and this is this so is I, definitely bleeding into uh, if everyone's kind of following along. This is definitely kind of bleeding into how we want our draft to go. Because let let me flip the script on you, and because we have a couple other players here that are also going in the third round that you have listed, and one player in the fourth round that I have listed, and they're all running backs, right? 
So mm-hmm. let's go ahead and flip the script and let's talk about the, these players. So if you have to go running back, these are our third and fourth round running backs. Um, and, and I got and I'm gonna have a follow up question here. So we have uh, your third round running backs that you have listed is Montgomery, Carson, and Jacobs. We've talked a little bit about them. And then I have Darrell Henderson in the fourth. I think that's uh, an appropriate, fine pick. So here's my question. Say you get Austin Eckler in the first, or you have a running back in the first. You get Chubb, you get Zeke, you get whoever you like. Is there any reason to draft any of these running backs in the third or the fourth, you know, if you already have a running back from the first? Or the second. Let's say let's say you get CEH. You're nope. you're in love with CEH. I'll, Is there I'll any answer your question. Nope. The only the only one that I would say. So let's talk the running backs again. I want to make sure that I'm not getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, so so Montgomery, Carson, Jacobs, which are yep. you know third round running backs, and then Darrell Henderson in the fourth. Absolutely. Not. Yeah, I'm not taking any of them. If you can now, of course, let's say we let's say somebody takes Metcalf right in front of me, or 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 McLaurin in the third round right in front of me, and someone someone else reaches on him, then. That changes the equation a little bit, but yeah, but, but, but if I'm McLaurin, not taking those running backs if, over those receivers. If, 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 if they're McLaurin, all on the board, if McLaurin goes to you in the third, like, are you likely to to pivot to Ceedee Lamb if you already have a running no. back, or 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 go to these running backs? Uh, well, if we're talking about Ceedee Lamb, I, I would take I would take the running back over over Lamb, um, but I'm 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 taking McLaurin over all of them. Okay, you know, so well, and, and I guess part of my question is. Part of my question is because some some someone's going to end up having to get Kelsey and Adams in the first, right? They're going in the first. They're their first round talent players, especially Adams. How do you then follow that up? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like, are you willing to almost always take a wide receiver if you already have a stud running back? Like, for me, the only time I really want one of the three running backs in the third, or I would even consider it, is if for some reason I went back-to-back wide receivers. And I needed a running back that's at least viable. Otherwise, I don't really want to take one of these running backs over these receivers we're discussing. Oh, I 100% agree. I, this is, again, this is a year. goes back to like what I've been saying. This is a year when I'm fine. As long as I have that one running back, I'm fine getting my number two starting running back you know, in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round. Um, I want to free up the the rounds two and rounds three and rounds four for some of those receivers. Lockett's tough because there's a running back that I want to add to that list, and that's James Robinson, who I know I'm I'm definitely higher on him than you. I just think a lot of production last year, young, the offense is going to be better, even with ETN. He's going in the fifth round. I I think for for a running back, 
um, at a stage in the draft, like after the the first couple rounds, when it's never going to feel great drafting a running back, I think that he strikes that that perfect balance of you don't have to to spend a lot of draft capital on him um, relative to his his potential, his floor, all that good stuff. The only thing with him is Tyler Lockett, and I really want Tyler Lockett this year in as many leagues as I can get him. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you this: Would you take? Let's see if your James Robinson is is like my kind of like Darrell Henderson. I mean, like I'm not like super in love with Darrell Henderson, but I think because there's no one else really there in LA and they hopefully have a better offense and we've seen them stay fairly committed to this run. Um, they, they still run a, a good bit the last couple of years. We've seen in McVay's offense. Do you, would you rather have James Robinson instead of Darrell Henderson, even though he's going around later? I, this is tough because I think as the year, you know, where a lot of our drafts are like two weeks away, as the season gets closer, we get see more of these preseason games, we get an idea of, of how much they're going to use. It's just tough with Darrell Henderson because I don't want to get roped into all this potential, the quote-unquote potential that he's going to just step right in. And, and then it, it's, a, it's a running back by committee like we've seen from the Rams in the past. Um, whereas James Robinson, like I, I think he might surprise people with how sure of a thing he's going to be. He's going to be the guy. That's t- it's tough though because clearly with ETN the one thing that does for Robinson is that it really caps his upside. Um, so I would lean towards I would lean towards I, I guess here's a question I-, I have to ask myself would I rather have Darrell Henderson and Tyler Lockett or like a Robert Woods slash Cooper Cup and James Robinson? I th- I think I would rather have Darrell Henderson and Tyler Lockett. But it's close. I you can't go wrong with either scenario. Yeah, I mean these are these are definitely a, a number enough options. I think that we're listing in, in the third and fourth round when a lot of these decisions become a lot more difficult. That it gives everyone who's listening definitely plenty of opportunities to make sure they get one of these players right. So we got Terry McLaurin. We got one of the we got one of those three running backs. Um, that you could select and be safe on. Darrell Henderson, who presents... you know The thing with James Robinson, that like if you gave Darrell Henderson 240 carries, his number is going to be a lot better as well, right? So it, it's kind of common sense. Like, we, we need to pick the players that are obviously going to touch the ball in order to they can even produce, uh, which <laughs> sounds like a John Madden quote or something, but... Um, and that's what we're trying to predict here, obviously. I, Darrell Henderson can still be rotated in and out uh, with someone else and still be quite productive just because hopefully the Rams' offense is is, is pretty efficient and, and should be hopefully a top, I don't know, 7 to 10 scoring team. Yeah, I, I, and, and, and this is a year when you can afford to miss a little bit. Like if you want to go for his upside and, you, and you're hoping you hit on it, in worst-case scenario, you don't. You get a lot of these running backs in the later rounds, which, we're, which we'll be talking about. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, I would lean towards him because there's Lockett in the fifth round, and I want to clear up that fifth round for me to be able to get Lockett. But, um, you know, know, listen, listen, if there's a hill that I'm going to die on, that hill is going to be James Robinson Hill, okay? Fair enough. All right, so we covered, let's see, I think covered everyone in the third and fourth round. So we're talking about Terry McLaurin. Um, I I like CeeDee Lamb a lot. Um. We've got Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Amari Cooper, 
Darrell Henderson in the fourth. You get the other running backs, which again I think, I think relatively speaking, it'd be nice to already have a running back on your team, and we can just kind of pivot away from those guys. Let's keep moving along. Now yeah, get, let's 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 talk about the next the next range that we like receivers, and that looks. I mean, to me, that's that's the eighth and ninth round. Um, you have DJ Chark, you have Juju, you have. Uh, Tyler Boyd and you have Brandon Cooks. So again, Chark, Antonio Brown, and Juju. Brandon Cooks, Tyler Boyd. That's five really solid receivers. Well, I, I got one, a couple. I got a couple well, too. All right, go ahead. So, all right, maybe this is too much. I'll talk at once, but let's throw them all out there and then dissect this. So I, I T Higgins. I'm gonna pull up his numbers in a second here. Uh, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Okay. Yeah, all, all good options. I think a couple of them are, are, I think Judy and Sutton are seventh round potential, you know, they're ADP guys in the seventh round. So that's, I like them all. I think that's the, um, I think there's, there's good receivers throughout this draft this year. And I know every year it's kind of like that, but I feel like there's a couple in every round that I'm just really, I feel really strongly about. Um, so I don't know the, the best way to, to, you know, we're lumping all these receivers in. Who is your, let, let, let me throw who's your who, who's your give me your top three favorites out of those let's let's each give our top three favorites okay so higgins judy sutton chark yeah and, and, and just in terms of i know they're 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 not you know there's some going in the eighth round some in the ninth some in the seventh but just in terms of your confidence relative to their adp if you can get them at the spot they're going which three receivers out of that group are you the most we, we, we like all of them which three are you the most confident in? And then I'll give you mine. Okay. Top three. I'm, I'm trying to like think a little bit on the fly specifically on these. So let's see. You want, you want, me, you want me to go first? Yeah. Why don't you go first? <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll, I'll go first here. So I'm, I'm not a big Jerry Judy guy this year. I'm not a huge. I like T Higgins. I don't love him just because Jamar Chase this and is, Tyler Boyd. Okay. Continue. This is going to be interesting. So I'm going to give you my three and again relative to their ADP. So for example, like let's say I liked let's Brandon Cooks is going in the ninth, Judy in the seventh. I might like Brandon Cooks more, not if they're both if all things are equal, but I like him for his value. All right, so we get that. Um, so n- number one for me is DJ Chark, and number two is Juju Smith Schuster, and number three and this this might surprise you a little bit. It's Antonio Brown. I, I, I a week ago I didn't I didn't think I'd be speaking these words about Antonio Brown, but the more I've thought about it, looking at his numbers, he's an older receiver. But listen, this is going to be a great offense. He played half a season last year in Tampa. The first first couple games he didn't play as many snaps. Right, they kind of eased him in a little bit, and you you extrapolate. I don't know if that's the right word. His numbers um, over the course of a full season. And we're looking at somebody that was on on pace for 90 catches, 966 yards, and eight touchdowns. Um, now, I don't know if he'll do that. He certainly has Chris Godwin, and he's got Mike Evans a little bit ahead of him in the pecking order. But I, it's going to be a great offense. It's AJ, it's it's Antonio Brown. Um, he has all the talent in the world. Um, a full season, a full camp, a full preseason with Tampa Bay. And I, I just think I'm going to go – I'm going to roll the dice at that point in the draft. It's middle middle to late eighth round like i'm sign me up for antonio brown um you know over brandon cooks over tyler boyd um 
you know, I, I, I just think he has a little bit more upside than Tyler Boyd. And at that point in the draft, it's really hard to find a player like Antonio Brown that can offer that type of upside. So um, especially if anything ever happens to Chris Godwin or Mike Evans has the hamstring issues, it seems like he deals with every single game. Um, so I, I, again, so I'll, re, I'll go DJ Chark, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown. Yeah. Uh, so when you mentioned Antonio Brown, I had him on this list. I had to, you know, get a little ready for what kind of side of the fence I was going to take. And I was pleasantly surprised um, with a lot of things like you just mentioned in terms of his production towards the end of the year. He only played in, um, I think, 40 percent of the snaps. But if you extrapolate that out for the whole season, he would have been on par with some of the others at around the, the high 60s to 70s. They're rotating in a lot of those guys. They're still passing at a pretty high clip uh, per game. Uh, it, it, he's an interesting one just because of you still think of him as third in the pecking order, but he has some really nice games. He seems, I think without an injury, his upside is limited. I think that's fair to say. Um, but at the same time, he has that kind of built in, right? Like, like he can produce for you. Plus he has tremendous upside if there is an injury. So not everyone necessarily has that. Uh, love the uh, like the Juju one a lot. You know, I, I feel like maybe this might be the year where Juju just completely falls off. He was went back for cheaper money in Pittsburgh. You know, I don't know if it was a combination of they just didn't have enough money slash they were okay moving on from him, which is kind of a red flag. Um, but his numbers speak for themselves. He's going where he's going. So especially from a value standpoint, I agree. Um, I'll have to include Juju as my top three out of those. And then DJ Chark. I'm probably going to miss on DJ Chark because there's going to be people like you that are just more bullish than me, um, even though I do like him. But I prefer to actually go and get Higgins and Judy. So if I were to pick three out of those, it's going to include Juju. And we're going to have definitely some disagreement here. And so you know some of our listeners are going to have to look at these players themselves. But... I really like Higgins. I mean, I really like Higgins, and I hope I can kind of get him. I know he's going to six, and you might say, well, that's a little expensive. Expensive, but 67 catches as a rookie. They lost uh, Joe Burrow. He had over 100 targets, and this is someone who might eclipse Tyler Boyd as a better athlete. We have Jamar Chase, who's still a rookie in himself, who should be elite, should be good. I think people want to say Higgins might be the third, but what if he's actually the number one next year? He came on strong yeah, at towards he come on he came on strong at the end of last year. He you know didn't even play week one at, or at least he had zero targets. So I think Higgins has some sneaky, not getting respected kind of upside. Um, and then Judy, very solid year. I think that. I like him over Sutton just because Sutton had this whole year off. So it's kind of like one of those. I, I think I'm going to pick the guy that was super high talent, um, has successful year. Obviously, the quarterback scenario is definitely a question mark in, in Denver. But, I, I mean, I like these second-year second year leaps. And look what Terry McLaurin did. I mean, there's a reason why a lot of times you have to pay up for the second-year leap like you are with CeeDee Lamb. But I don't really have to do it with Jerry Judy. I mean, he's, he's stuck out in the seventh round. And we're talking about a guy who, where'd he go in the NFL draft? Like top 10 or something? And 
No, I think he was. I think the that was the Henry Ruggs year, right? Where I think Ruggs went ten to the Raiders. No, he went like twelve. Right. Twelve, yeah. But Judy, but he was number one re- receiver. And then it was I think Judy and then C. Lamb because C. Lamb slipped a little bit, right? Yep. 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 Exactly. So, but to to one of your the draft themes is paying up for a little bit of unknown production. Look at where Justin Jefferson's going, which he had a way better year. I mean, it's probably kind of a bad example, but the idea is. I don't really think we're paying up for his potential second-year bounce uh, type of season that we could expect. So I know we've been a little bit off on that. I think you've, you're, you're coming around to the idea that you like him, but clearly you know, I'm going to select him over DJ Chark for sure. Um, and then I don't think DJ Chark's the talent that Jerry Judy is. So in this instance, when the team's offense – Still projects to be semi-close. I know Trevor Lawrence I like a lot. I just don't know if the offense is necessarily going to be a whole lot better just because of Trevor Lawrence. Um, and the, the, the receivers that come out of LSU the past several years, you got like Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, DJ Chark, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, it's impressive. Wow. So just like Alabama yeah. with Calvin Ridley and, and Judy and some of their other yeah. ones. Um, so... All right, so let's recap all of the receivers that we're, we're, we're each of us are targeting here. We're, we're talking about Higgins, Judy, Sutton in the seventh. We've got Juju in the eighth, DJ Chark in the eighth. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown in the eighth. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yep. yep. And then uh, in the ninth round, we got, we got you know, the, the old reliable Brandon Cooks. I, one caveat with that is, you know, let's see what happens with Deshaun Watson. If if Deshaun Watson isn't starting, then Brandon Cooks probably won't be going in the ninth. He'll probably be going even later. Um, but I think he's he had a really good year last year. I think Brandon Cooks is is solid. He fits our bench model perfect, which we'll be talking about um, in a couple episodes coming up. Um, and then yeah, Ty Boyd. So yeah, let, let let's close with. Um, Talking about some players outside of 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 round ten that that we think could play, or I know we'll talk we'll probably be talking about a couple of these players as part of our bench episode, but a little overlap is fine. Um, what are some players that you're liking outside of round ten? Somebody that you can get in rounds, you know, eleven, twelve, thirteen, what have you, that you think could play a good role on your team this year. Um, we talked a little bit about tight ends, of course, in the last episode. So that's generally speaking where I might be filling that hole, which is going to sound disgusting. I mean, at this point, I just rather eliminate the tight end position from my life. Um, but one player that I think that's super intriguing is, is Russell Gage going in the 11th. Um, he, he's pretty much assuming that he's on the field should be a lock for 100 targets plus. I mean, last year alone, he had 109, 72 catches. They don't have Julio. Uh, kind of a, like, this could be kind of a, a sleeper pick, right? Yeah. Uh, 100%. Yep. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, so, uh, and, and 
they don't really they have him and they have the the Zacchaeus guy there right that also did a, l- a little well while he uh was filling in so i don't think they have really Zac- t- i forget Zacchaeus. his name i forget his name <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that's one name. And another name that I'm going to be kind of interested in, taking a stab at, I did this last year. He got hurt, didn't work out well. Uh, they've had Cordell Patterson there, which people just tend to overuse on every team that like gets Cordell Patterson. They have to like, figure out ways to use him. Never a good sign for a player. He's gone. Tariq Cohen, you know, we're talking about 12th round, talking about PPR running backs. We've seen a lot of these people who can catch the ball at a pretty decent clip per game, they kind of sneak their way into uh, a good RB3 territory. And I think that he could potentially fill that role again with maybe a little bit better quarterback production and no longer having Cordell Patterson steal his kind of like third down type of role. Yeah, I I mean, listen, in 12th round, you're not spending a ton of draft tech right. capital to get him. You you know what you're getting into with Tariq Cohen. Gone are the days when you're really you're expecting him to be something other than than who he is, which is just you know a a bench player, <laughs> a bench player, a a running back that you can put in on a bye week if you had to start. You know, maybe something happens to uh, Dave Montgomery and he plays a bigger role. Um, but you, you're just you don't have your hopes your your hopes aren't up anymore. With with Tariq Cohen, so twelfth round, he's finally going at a place where, you know, you're you're kind of playing with house money. You're not really, you know, you can you can take a bite a bite, a bite at that apple one more time. It won't kill you. Um, any running back going in that range that that's going to play a meaningful role on a team as like a change of pace, pass catching back that has some upside. Um, you know, that I'm I'm all I'm all for that. And um, you know, he's he's one of those players. Again, we'll talk about our bench strategy, but. He's one of those those players, like higher floor type players. You think of Tree Cohen as more of like an upside guy, but at this stage in his career, he's more of kind of like that a high floor. Like he's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to come in, catch a few balls. Um, maybe you'll get a big play here and there. But um, yeah, he he kind of fits that that high floor uh, criteria that we look for for somebody going at that point in the draft. Yeah, and he could potentially be someone where we want to make sure that he's on the field for you know these third downs or passing situations. And if we start the season and we don't see that, and because he's been in the, in, in the league long enough, if someone's taken else taking that role or David Montgomery is just totally monopolizing the position, then you know we can we can move on from move on from him pretty quickly. It's not like one we invest a lot in him or two. He's the type of player where we feel like it's going to take him time to develop into his role like a rookie might or something like that. So uh, I, I like it for those reasons. It's, it's a little bit of a shot in the dark, but it's also because we're always trying to find a running back that's late that could potentially help fill the gaps on injuries and bye weeks, um, end of the roster type of scenarios. We want You probably want a running back on your team, I mean, on your bench, and so unless you're drafting a lot of them, you know, super early, you're going to be looking in the double-digit rounds. Anyone for you in the 10-plus range for rounds that you're keeping an eye on that you're selecting? Yeah, I like Russell Gage. Um, you know, I, Russell Gage has been been relevant for the past couple of years with, with with Julio there. Now there's no Julio. He's going to be the number two two wide receiver um, we're not sure what this offense is going to look like without Julio. You know, Julio's been there for forever, and it's, he's entering his fourth season. I like it. Anytime, I mean, 
he's he's going. Uh, what's his ADP again? So he's going in the eleventh round. You same thing with with Cohen. You really can't miss it. I think Russell Gage actually has the potential to be like the third wide receiver on on a good fantasy team, right? If if you you know if you go running backs or get a tight end early, and you, maybe you you don't go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, like like we're probably planning on doing. Russell Gage is one of those receivers you can get in the eleventh round that you could probably start in your flex week one, or is your 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 second or third? You know, probably not your second wide receiver, but you know. Most definitely your third. One hundred percent. I mean, he he also finished as the thirty seventh ranked wide receiver last year. I mean, there's a lot of arguments to be made that you know why are you drafting a Brandon Ayuk or maybe even someone else? I, I mean, maybe uh, you know a T Higgins or something like that that I really like. I'm just gonna you know, but I'm gonna call myself out and, and players that we like, obviously in the sixth seventh round or, or DJ Chark considering the, the guy averaged over 10 points per game last year. He, he projects to slide in as number two going in the 11th. You can find it. So if you really wanted to go and, and get one of those running backs that we've discussed, uh, the James Robinson ETN in the fifth or something like that, then you can be rest assured that, you know what, it's not going to look pretty, but I'll get Russell Gage. And I, and that makes me want to go back to, we you kind of glossed over it pretty quickly, and I want to put some extra emphasis into uh, Tyler Boyd. I like Tyler Boyd a lot. He's going in the ninth. It, it, to me, it's one of the best free house money plays that you have. You know, Depending on what your team's looking like, if you need a little bit more stability, if you're swinging for Darrell Hendersons of the world and, and maybe a CD Lamb and you're, you're liking your team, but you're like, you know what, let me go get some free points. Because if anything, getting free points is never a bad thing. It's not, not going to hurt you. Tyler Boyd plays almost every single game each year. He's he's had over three straight years of of seventy catches. Last year, for the for the first time in three years, he didn't have over a thousand yards. He, you know, the touchdowns are a little uh, a little tough for him to come by. I feel like the Cincinnati Bengals offense is a little bit what reminds me of of the Tennessee Titans last year. And even though they didn't have it as many, like let's say wide receivers to target, we were, we were unsure if how much emphasis we should pay up for these Tennessee players, the, the Eric Henry, the, the, the quarterback in Tannehill. Can it, can he be that efficient? They're, they're not passing a lot. AJ Brown went for, you know, a kind of a bargain and is going into a second year. There's a little bit of unsure. And I feel like because it's a Cincinnati Bengals, it's a team name. No one's really, we haven't seen them kind of be an elite offense. I feel like we're getting all of these players at a kind of a, like a discount. And so it, where they can actually produce some elite level numbers, assuming the Joe Burrow is starting all season. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I like, I, I, I would love to have him. And like, it's great because you can start these players at the same time. You can start T Higgins and Tyler Boyd at the same time if you wanted to. Um, so then they're not like pure handcuffs for the wide receiver position or anything like that. Um, and like you said, you're getting him, you're getting that discount because there's this, this idea that, and, and part of it's like true to an extent that they're just like, you know, they're not all going to be like with, with three of them, you know, it kind of limits the upside of each one individually, which is true to an extent. But I think there's plenty of production for, for that ADP for each one. Yep. Um, obviously we're not including quarterbacks in this discussion. We've kind of really identified who we're going after. So, I mean, you know, in these after double digit rounds, you know, we're not bringing up quarterbacks. We're just going over the positional players, but 
Um, you, you know, you have to factor that in terms of these rounds. Uh, I also put in here, we, we just talked about tight ends, but again, in terms of players to target, if I'm going to be in the, I missed out on tight end sweepstakes, you know, I'll probably target Irv Smith or Blake Jarwin. Um, Blake Jarwin replaces Schultz, who finished as 11th tight end. Um, not as talented, didn't have Dak for a full season. So that projects like as a potential value play. If, if you've got a plug and play a tight end, if, you, if you're in that realm of playing that type of tight end game, and then, you know, Irv Smith would have finished as the seventh tight end if you combine him and Rudolph's points. So tough to project out, but those would be two uh, close my eyes picks and, and hope for hope for the best type of tight end scenarios. A tight end, that's all you can really hope for at that point in the draft. <laughs> Close your eyes and uh, make a pick. Yeah. Um, I'm just going back on our list here. The only player that we actually skipped over that I had down was Trey Sermon. So another running back, going back to our themes of, of running backs in the fifth to seventh round that present some opportunities like James Robinson. I like taking a crack at ETN. There's some upside there. Trey Sermon's in the seventh. Again, especially if I go wide receiver in the second, third, fourth, fifth, I'm going to want some depth at running back. And Trey Sermon fits the bill as a potential person that can can hopefully get touches pretty quickly in the season, but also has that upside. So we talked a little bit about him already, but I have him as a target player going in the seventh. Yep, same for me. Okay. Any any people that we're missing here for any, any this is this is our this is our target hit list now, right? We we've got our target hit list. It's filtered through a lot of rounds. I know we went through a lot of players, but we also have to have multiple options in, in one particular round because there's going to be people that like the same player as you, of course. You know, so you got to be ready to pivot in, in any given round. Set any kind of final takes, you know, to to really bring home to make sure people go out of their way to select these players. Um, who, I, who are yeah, those? I don't think so. I think that we we've covered most most all of them that we really have like strong conviction about. I mean, if I was to add any other player, yeah, yeah it I, would let's, be players let's, that I kind of like. I I, I kind of want to stick to the players that we're really really confident in, right? To, to not dilute so, it anymore. So, so let's not, yeah, let's not add any more. But give me, give me two players from this list mm-hmm. that that you are telling everyone to go and get no matter what they do, no matter what price they got to pay in auction. And they're going to be thanking you at the end of the season. Who are those two players that, that... yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go DK Metcalf and I'm going to go. It's tough because it's like with a player in the later rounds. Sure. But it's, it's it's all relative. They can, they can help them out equally. Yeah. I I would say DK Metcalf and and Tyler Lockett. I think Tyler Lockett in the fifth round, as long as you can get him somewhere in that range, that value's too good. That price is too good. So I'd say DK Metcalf for me in the second, Tyler Lockett in the fifth. I think I'm gonna have to go. Put with your the house same, on it. I, I, I think Put I'm gonna have to go. It. I think I'm gonna have to go with the same ones. I I, I think it's. I want to get cute and go elsewhere. Attempted to go Chark, but yeah, I, I was tempted you know, to go. I was tempted to go Higgins. I might hate myself. So let, let's just you know what, guys. This is we're we're, we're in sync on this, right? So it's it's DK Metcalf, it's Tyra Lockett. You put your house money on it, and then you call us at the end of the season when you get your championship trophy. You thank us. I hope nobody in our fantasy leagues is listening right now because I don't want I don't want any extra competition for Chark 
I mean for uh for Metcalf and uh and Lockett. Yeah. That I'm gonna that I'm already getting with you. So Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's gonna be a bloodbath. I can't wait to update uh update. I can't, wait for, I can't wait for our mock drafts. That'll that'll be a fun one. Oh, be, uh, see see where we can outmaneuver each other. Yeah, yeah. And and Seth, you said, you know, drafts are you know, two weeks away or whatever. We got our New England, big New England hometown auction draft next weekend. You know, everyone yep. flies to Nashville. Um, it's going to be one hell of a time. So everyone's starting their drafts. So, yeah. All right. Put your put, Those are the players to target. Make sure you got the list written down and make sure you put your house money on DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. We are the NFL talking heads. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Try saying that three times fast. With your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowell. We'll catch you next time.